The longer Kentucky goes without them, the more the question will start to be asked. What will the Wildcats do without Oscar Shibway and Severe Wheeler? To be honest with you, I think they're just going to keep on trucking along. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. You can check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have going on all season long. It's the TV you'll love for the price you'll love. You need to try Sling today. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, going to talk about what the Wildcats will do without Oscar Shibway and Severe Wheeler. Pretty simple question to answer if you ask me. I know some people th- find it a little bit more difficult than others, and I'm not calling out a, anybody specifically here. I'm just, I want to kind of take a look at what the Wildcats may do, especially if things draw out to the Michigan State game next Tuesday. I think that that's the point where we really start to not necessarily have concerns, but okay. Let's focus on what this lineup looks like. Let's focus on what the rotation looks like with these two players out. Also, want to talk about Kentucky's non-conference schedule as a whole. Look at the biggest games of the slate. And I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe Kentucky is going to thrive through this non-con schedule. And then finally, I'm going to talk about a player that I think may be the most underrated piece on this Wildcats roster. We saw him in the opener against Howard play very efficiently. I think he may be one of, if not the most efficient player on this roster this season. Very underrated. Not enough people are talking about him. I'm going to get to him later on in the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Please subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, leave a review. Would really appreciate that. Wildcats taking on Duquesne this Friday. In case you did not know, Duquesne last season offensively inefficient. We'll just say that. To put it lightly, they were not a good offensive team. They scored 91 in their season opener against Montana. They got out and ran a little bit. They shot insanely well. And it's kind of given a few different people pause. And and it's kind of led to the question, okay, Oscar Shibway out after his little knee surgery, little procedure that he had earlier in October. Severe Wheeler, after suffering a knee injury against uh, Missouri Western State in the exhibition game, he's probably not going to be available for this game. What do the Wildcats look like? And most importantly, what do they look like if by this time next Tuesday, both those guys don't necessarily look like they're 100% ready to go? Well, because Shibway's been out, I want to look at Oscar first. It's allowed us to take a look at new Kentucky center, Uganda Onyenzo. In case you did not know, Onyenzo committed to the Wildcats back in the summer, reclassified to this year's class, And there were a lot of questions about whether or not he would actually get to play for the team this year. Uh, And if he did, how much? Uh, Most people assumed very little. Then Shibwe had his surgery, and then there was sort of an expectation, okay, maybe he's actually going to be able to get into the rotation. Played very well in his minutes that he had against Howard in the season, season opener, in my opinion. If I'm not mistaken, he had four blocks on the game, which is just absolutely phenomenal to come in first game defensively 
you were there. You were strong on the glass. That's a, that's something that Kentucky has statistically lacked uh, over these past couple of seasons is, is blocks around the rim. So really good to see that. But Shibway is obviously one of the most vital pieces of this team. We're going to talk about him later on in the show about how important he's going to be for these next few games once he gets back. But Uguna Onyenzo has kind of held things down when Lance Ware has not been out there. And I've given my thoughts on Lance Ware. I don't think he's a bad player. I really like his energy. I like him as a person. It's just I don't necessarily know if you want to have Ware out there for extended minutes. And whenever I say extended minutes, I mean 18 plus, 20 plus. If you could get up to maybe 23, 24, I would love to be able to see somebody else rotate in there that maybe possesses a little bit more size and length, and obviously you're going to has that. Uh, that will probably be more of something that people look at whenever Kentucky gets into their more difficult games here later on in the season. That's probably not something a lot of people are focused on right now. To be honest with you, don't think it's that big of a deal at this moment. But Uganda played very well. Lance Ware played very well as well on Monday night. Just to be clear here, by the way, talking about Shibwe and whether or not he's going to be back for the Michigan State game. My assumption is that he is. My expectation is that he is going to be back to play the Spartans in Indianapolis. We will be there, by the way. It's going to be a really fun game, I believe. I'm not so sure about Severe Wheeler, but I expect Oscar to be back for that huge matchup in Indianapolis. This could be one of those situations, and I'm just throwing this out there as a hypothetical, could be one of those situations where it's one of two things. One... Coach Cal's been pretty secretive about both these guys as he has been about injuries pretty much his entire career. It could be one of those situations where it's actually much worse than we anticipated. And we're going to go without these two guys for a few weeks. That's a possibility. What I believe is happening is both these guys have very minor injuries and they will play against Michigan State. It's one of those situations where I think if the Michigan State game was Friday, I think that we would at least see Shibwe ready to go. It's one of those things where it's like, maybe Shibwe is like 85 to 90% right now. Give him a little bit more time. Give him a little bit more time to practice. Same for Wheeler. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, they're just simply holding these guys out for these first two games, and they're not going to come out and say that, but they're holding them out. I would lean towards that being the reality here. Or they could just legitimately be that's the, just the timeline. Is the, it, we, it lines up right at the Michigan State game. We don't really know. Even Cal and the coaching staff don't really know whether or not it's going to be a good idea to, to play them or not. I lean towards they're ready if they needed to be ready. That's just my opinion. I think that Sheboy's going to be back. So it kind of answers the question there. What, 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 what will the Wildcats do? Well, I think they're going to be just fine against Duquesne. And we can get into Duquesne in just a second. But, you know, Severe Wheeler as valuable as he has been to this team, whenever we've seen him go out with an injury for extended periods immediately following that, with Ty Ty Washington last year and then with Case and Wallace in game one this year, I mean, we've seen statistically the guards are behind him play, play very well. Case and Wallace almost had a triple-double in his, in his career opener for the Wildcats. He played very well. So I, I'm not saying I'm not sitting here discrediting Wheeler or saying that he's not a good player or saying that he's not fit for the Wildcats. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying the offense seems to run pretty effectively immediately following a severe Wheeler injury, and that's been proven now twice. We'll get to see that if Kaysen has to step up against the Spartans 
we'll get to really see kind of maybe flesh that opinion out more considering it's only been one game and it's been such a small sample size. But again, to repeat, I expect Wheeler to, you know, kind of continue to work through this. As for Shibway, I think he's going to be back. Maybe they're both back. Who knows? But to quickly just kind of give you an idea as what the Wildcats could do this Friday against Duquesne. Under Coach Keith Dambrot, the Dukes have done two things consistently. Number one, they've been one of the slowest teams in the country. Statistically, in terms of adjusted tempo, they've been one of the slowest teams. And on top of that, they have consistently, under Coach Keith Dambrot, they've been one of the worst teams in the country in terms of two-point field goal percentage allowed. So here's a fun little statistic for you. In Dambrot's five seasons, before the start of this season, we're not counting this, this sixth season just yet because it's only been one game. In Dambrot's five seasons with Duquesne, the Dukes finished in the bottom half of Division One in two-point field goal percentage four of those five times. They've struggled to guard the inside shot. Defensively from three, I mean, they've been kind of on and off. They went from the fourth best three-point percentage uh, defensively in 2021 to the fourth worst three-point defense in Division One last year. I don't really see any consistency there. And I don't, again, it's one game. So how much can you really base off what they did against Montana, uh, which has been a pretty decent uh, mid-major program over the past few years. But anyway, point being, I think that just from a a stat standpoint, look at the very basic numbers, Kentucky can get out and run on this team. They're going to get out and run on a lot of different people. How much is that Wildcats offense dependent on Oscar Shibway and Severe Wheeler when it comes to being effective in transition? And I'm talking specifically against worse competition. And I really struggle to use the right terminology when talking about these mid-major schools that Kentucky favored to win by 26 against because St. Peter's. Enough said. But what I'm trying to say here is, you know, Oscar Shibway obviously is the most valuable player on this team. Do not get me wrong. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Severe Wheeler, one of the most valuable players on this team. But when it comes to what these the, this team wants to do in transition, I'm not sure that they're going to struggle without those guys on the floor to a point where it's glaring or it's like a major cause for concern. That's just my thought on it. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think Shibway and Wheeler are vital to what this team wants to do in transition. Obviously, Wheeler was one of the best guards in transition in the country last season. But you look at the way Case and Wallace played. And again, I'm limiting it here specifically to the games where Kentucky should go out and win regardless of whether or not they have three of their starters or not. You look at this team and what they want to do to get out and run. The athleticism outside of Shibway and Wheeler is still there. This is less of a discrediting of Shibway and Wheeler and more of a credit, a credit to the rest of the roster and their makeup. I think they're a very talented team that can be explosive without those two guys. Having them definitely helps, but taking them away against worse competition doesn't necessarily affect it. As far as Michigan State goes, we can do a, a breakdown of what they want to do, and tomorrow we're going to have a full breakdown on Duquesne and what we think about the Dukes. But, I mean, looking at these two teams stylistically, I think we can all agree one of the strengths that Kentucky has is athleticism and speed. They're going to be able to get out, and they're going to be able to run on all of these teams. Now, whether or not they do that effectively night to night is the question, and that's just kind of the, the ebb and flow of college basketball. But I expect Sheboy to be back, 
And even if he isn't, I don't think this offense is going to, from a transition standpoint, I'm talking transition offense specifically, I don't think that they are going to be damaged significantly. So what is Kentucky going to do without Sheba and Wheeler? I think they're going to keep trucking along. Michigan State is not what they have been in years past. And in, who knows, we may end up losing by 20. That's a possibility. I'm just sitting here saying, look, whenever you put these two guys on this in this starting five, it becomes one of the best teams in the country. Without them, they are still one of the best teams in the country. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, we're going to give a breakdown of the Dukes later on tomorrow. Again, I want, want you, you guys to uh, make sure you're subscribed so that you can hear that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been so long since I've gotten to do a game breakdown. I was talking all summer about how excited I am going, uh, I'm going to be to do it. Already got my notes, ready to do it tomorrow. Make sure you are tuned in. I want to talk about Kentucky's entire non-conference schedule, though. Just kind of give specific looks at the big games and then just kind of talk about how maybe some of the other mid-major games kind of mesh into that. I've got three reasons why I think Kentucky is going to thrive through this slate. Before I talk about that, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like bur- burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% of their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Again, you can get 50% off your order from Simply Safe today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe's been great for my family. My parents use Simply Safe, had a lot of great things to say about it. They've talked about how they really like the comfortability of being able to control the system through their app. The top-rated Simply Safe app. You can stay in complete control of your system or of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm, unlock for a guest. You can access your cameras, adjust your system settings, all that different stuff. Very easy to use, very simple. Hence the name. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Again, get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on college today. This is their biggest discount of the year, guys. I would encourage you not to wait on this. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Kentucky, in my opinion, is going to, I don't want to say breeze through the non conference schedule, but I think they're going to have a little bit more success than some people may think. And I'm not necessarily talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about how they win those games. So obviously, we know Kentucky's got six big games that they're going to play in their non-con slate. Michigan State, Gonzaga, Michigan, UCLA, Louisville, Kansas. And then Kansas, obviously, is in the middle of that SEC slate uh, whenever you get into the SEC Big 12 Challenge. But really, it's five here early and then a sixth one down the road. I've got three reasons why I believe Kentucky, and again, I'm not predicting wins and losses. I'm just saying they're going to play well. This is a team that I believe can win the national title, and these are three reasons why they're going to play very well in these games. Shooting. It's one of the big things that held Kentucky back as the SEC schedule went on last season. And obviously, it was a huge part in the SEC tournament, and it was a huge issue in the, um, in the tournament game against St. Pe- Peter's. Shooting. Kentucky had one shooter. And whenever I say shooter, I mean a three-point specialist, somebody that can go and knock it down consistently. Ty Ty Washington was that early. He got hurt. He was not the same. Kellen Grady got hurt, was trying, fell off hard at the end of the season. Kentucky had one 
perimeter shooter that the Wildcats could consistently rely on. This year, I think they may have three. They've got two for sure, but they may have three. Obviously, C.J. Frederick dropped 20 in the season opener against Howard. Antonio Reeves came off the bench 20-plus. I mean, this is a guy that everybody thought would make a decent transition to the SEC, but there was reserve and there was question about whether or not he was going to be able to truly kind of explode onto the scene. Well, he got an opponent that he probably would have faced of similar caliber to an opponent that he would have faced at Illinois State, and he scored 22 off the bench. Scored 22 and 25 minutes off the bench against them. So I think that you've got to at least be excited about the prospect of what he can do once we get into some of these more difficult games. But Antonio Reeves, three-point specialist. He was 6 of 12 from 3 against Howard. And then Cason Wallace. Wallace was, if I remember correctly, relatively efficient from downtown in the Bahamas. And then in the exhibition game that he played, or one of the two exhibition games that he played, he was not particularly good from the field and specifically from three. He was one of two in the season opener on Monday. And I think his three-point stroke is going to be a little bit more consistent than maybe the numbers have suggested in the exhibition game. I trust Frederick and Reeves, uh, obviously those two guys being the three-point specialists. But Kaysen, I think, is also a third guy that could potentially come on shooting. It's one of the most important things. Guard play is one of the most important things in college basketball. If you're going to make a run, you need to be able to have shooters. Kentucky's got them, plural. And this is something that Cal emphasized in the, before the Howard game. I want to see 25-plus three-point attempts. Let me pull up the stats here. They took 24, 11 or 24, 45.8% from three. You will take that every single day of the week. Every single day of the week. If you can get that type of production out of C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, and Cason Wallace, somewhere between 36-plus three-point percentage, Kentucky's going to be able to have success against some of these teams. Michigan State, Gonzaga, Michigan, UCLA, Louisville, Kansas. They've got to have a lot of offense against the Zags. Let's get that out of the way quick. Goodness gracious, I cannot wait for that game. I'm so excited. But shooting, one of the most important things. The second most important thing here is speed. Talked about it a minute ago. Athleticism, getting out in transition, running to the rim, it's what Kentucky has done best. It's what Kentucky has done best. They did it really good last year. They're going to do it again this year. With Shebway back, I mean, I think this this is a lot of fun in terms of like rim runs and what Wheeler and, and Shebway can do in transition together. You've also got different wings that you can kick it out to that you can feel confident shooting. I mean, it, it's going to be fun to see this team go at a very fast pace. I think they're going to try and do that against some of these squads. Specifically, again, we'll have previews and individual breakdowns and matchups for these individual games later on as they get closer. And again, we're going to have one for Duquesne, and we're going to have one for Michigan State as well on Monday. But I think Speed, Reeves, Jacob Toppin, Severe Wheeler, Case and Wallace, we saw all, all, all those guys be explosive at some points last year or obviously in the season opener on Monday. And it's Howard, right? Let's, let's get that clear. It's Howard. It's a team that you were expected to beat, and you beat them by, what, 33 points? Of course you can get out and run against Howard. You're Kentucky. I mean, it, it's that simple. But at the same time, like, you got to be able to think that, that that success is going to somewhat translate over against in, in these bigger comp, competition, against bigger competition. And I really like the matchup against Michigan State. I'll go ahead and say that right now. I really like the matchup. Speed, shooting. Final thing here, Shibwe. So we got speed, shooting, Shibwe. I mean, does this need any explaining here 
Oscar Shibway, reigning national player of the year, uh, statistically one of the most dominant big men in college basketball that we've seen in quite some time, winner of every single award under the sun. He has done just about everything. He did it last year. I expect him to put up similar production this year, especially considering Kentucky's got some uh, a really strong, I will say a very strong supporting cast around him, in my opinion. If they can continue to play the way that they've played or like the, if they continue to play the way that they've projected out to play, right? I think this team's going to be special around Shibwe. But he's going to be doing some more heavy lifting, even in, especially in games where maybe the team doesn't shoot as well. He's still going to be there. Kentucky's got something to fall back on. They've got something to lean on. In these close games, and again, let's go through it again. Michigan State, Gonzaga, Michigan, UCLA, Louisville, Kansas. When the shots aren't falling from outside, you are going to be able to rely on Oscar Shibway inside to be able to maybe can not necessarily give you like sustained offense, like two points every single possession, but he's going to go out there and he's going to do what Shibway always does, which is play strong around the rim. He's going to rebound and he's going to be able to execute. That's what it's going to be. He's going to be able to do. He's going to allow Kentucky to fall back on something whenever things aren't going well. So those are the three reasons why I believe Kentucky is going to play very well in this non-con schedule. They've got the shooters, they've got the speed, and they've got the Shibway. That's what they need to succeed. I believe they are going to. If you disagree, you agree. Let me know in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. And then the final thing here I want to talk about, the most underrated player, in my opinion, as of right now, and I said this earlier in the offseason, but I want to reiterate it here after seeing him play a game. This player may be the most underrated piece on this roster. I want to get to him in a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Guys, you have got to try Built Bar's new reimagined flavors that they have just released. They've got cookie dough topper, coconut brownie. Uh, they've got cookie, coconut brownie toppers as well. And then here are a couple of different interesting flavors that they have that are more holiday-themed for you that I am very stoked to order. I've actually ordered uh, a couple of them already. White chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasting. Just thinking about white chocolate peppermint granola sounds, mm, that sounds really, really good. They've got candy cane brownie puff. They've got some really, really good holiday flavors coming out. Bilt is revolutionizing nutrition as we know it. All of these bars, by the way, are covered in 100% real chocolate but they've got 17 grams of protein, shockingly low in sugar and calories, only 130 of them in calories. That is, these things are really, really good for you, and they taste amazing. You just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it will change your life forever. Man, I'm, I'm really looking for, unironically, no, no, no bit here, not for the read. Is, I'm actually really excited about trying the white chocolate peppermint. That sounds really, really good. We here at Locked On Kentucky, by the way, are strong advocates for anything salted caramel. And Bilt has an amazing salted caramel bar. You have to try that out as well. Make sure you try all of their flavors. They are phenomenal. Again, you have got to try these. And you can get 15% off of your first order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 over at Bilt.com. Again, 15% off your order right now using the code LOCK15 over at Bilt.com. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you the most underrated player on Kentucky basketball's roster. Before I give you my answer, if you're listening on YouTube, scroll down to the comments, give me your thoughts. And maybe while you're typing that out, you hear me give my answer, and you can just violently disagree with me or agree with me. Straight up, I think the most underrated piece on this team is Chris Livingston. 
No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think that he was one of the, he was, for me, projected to be one of the most efficient players on this roster heading into this season. And after seeing the way that he played for the Wildcats, not even necessarily statistically, I mean, just filling his role. I mean, that's something that has been a staple of really good Cal teams in the past, right? And he's even said it before. I've had lottery picks come off the bench. Chris Livingston, as of right now, in my mind, projects out to be a late lottery pick. Just the, based on his skill set and, and what he could potentially do for the Cats, he's right there. He's absolutely right there. Had played 19 minutes. He was four of six from the field, one of two from three, had four rebounds, a steal, nine points total. I mean, if you can get that consistently out of your small forward, which a, a position, I mean, depending on the rotation, Kentucky could potentially be thin at. That's what you need. And again, we talk about, you know, what necessarily makes a, an efficient player, what necessarily makes a, a strong role player. You kind of hear the thing, the uh, the saying, the glue guy, right? The guy that kind of holds things together. Obviously, Oscar Shibway has been used with, with that phrase several times, but I mean, Chris Livingston is one of two players that I think comfortably fit the small forward role on the Wildcats roster. You can head over to Ken Palm and you can look at the depth chart and the rotation and the percentage of minutes that different guys get at different spots. They've got Antonio Reeves. At, at small forward, quite a bit when you look at the different rotations and the most frequent lineups the Wildcats have used. But Chris Livingston started there. And Chris Livingston, whenever he's going to be in the game, is going to be getting those minutes there. I personally think Antonio's more of a two-guard. That's just me. Of course, when you're running a lineup with Wallace Frederick Reeves in there, I mean, he's going to slide down to the three just based on his height. Or you could just kind of rotate. I mean, it really doesn't matter at that point. It just becomes a really versatile backcourt is kind of what you could say. And it's not even necessarily a small forward. It's just a three. It's just a three guard at that point. So Chris Livingston, I think, is more of a traditional small forward than Antonio Reeves. And I think he's going to be labeled as such. And he's going to play that. Reeves, not so much for me in my mind. But again, four of six. If you can get if you can get nine to ten points off of that type of shooting, which I expect him to be consistently, by the way. Antonio Reeves is not going to shoot 6 of 12 from 3 every single night. C.J. Frederick's not going to pop off for 20 every night. But Livingston, based on his role as the primary small forward on this team, that is you know, just going to be consistently overlooked because of the other scoring options that Kentucky has, he has the opportunity to do something special, which is, at the end of the day, have the highest field goal percentage, uh, I think potentially outside of Shibway or Ware, and then on top of that, I think that he's got the ability to be one of this team's most valuable pieces to where if you take him off the court, you really start to have questions about what Kentucky does, maybe even defensively. Because again, I want to go back to this. So let's go back to the frequent lineups thing. So 19.9% of the time in the season opener, Kentucky had this lineup. Cason Wallace, C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, Jacob Toppin, Uganda and Yenzo. So that's your three-guard lineup. That's your smaller lineup. And at one point, by the way, Kentucky had a lineup of Wallace, Frederick, Reeves, and Thierra with Onyenzo at the, at, the, uh, at the center spot. That is a very fun lineup. <laughs> that is a very fun lineup. And we talked about that, about whether or not Cal would be willing to do that. Well, he did it for 5.1% of the time against Howard. Will we see him do that against bigger teams? I doubt it. Anyway, point being, if you've got Reeves at the three as, as often as Kentucky did in the season opener, you're going to need to be able to switch in and out, I think, with, with Livingston and his defense. 
I think it's just more valuable to have him there more often. And maybe you slide Rees up to the two. That's just me. That's just my opinion. I may be completely off on that. I just think that Livingston deserves a little bit more respect. He deserves a little bit more attention, a little bit more minutes. And if he consistently produces the production at this position that I don't want to necessarily label as thin, it's just when you're looking for, I keep I hate to keep using the word traditional, when you're looking for minutes from your traditional small forward, there are not a whole lot of other comfortable options outside of Livingston. And for him to be able to do what he did in the season opener, if he can do that for this entire year, which I believe he has the ability to do, it kind of brings this roster together in a way that it it separates it from being a decent NCAA tournament team to where this team can win the national title, right? And I'm not saying that Chris Livingston's going to win, win Kentucky a national title. It's just when you can get all of the stars aligned, then you become not invincible, but you become you become difficult to stop, difficult to handle. It's a very light way to put it. Because I don't think a three-guard lineup of Wallace, Frederick, and Reeves, I don't think you're, you're comfortable sitting there saying, oh, yeah, well, that's going to go out and win a, a championship. You slide in Livingston whenever you need to. You slide Jacob Toppin up maybe if you need to, depending on what Kentucky wants to do when Shibwe and Damian Collins are, is back, which, by the way, again, thoughts and prayers to Damian Collins and what he's going through right now. Got to be very, very difficult, especially given the timing. That is so, so tough. When he does come back, though, curious to see how Kentucky utilizes him. Again, thoughts and prayers to him. That is just such a tough situation. And I hate to kind of talk in circles here, but just kind of recap briefly. Livingston, in my opinion, is the most underrated piece on this Kentucky roster. I thought he was going to be one of the most efficient players on this team coming in. One game, I feel certain that he is going to continue to be one of the most efficient players on this team, if not the most efficient outside of Shibway. And I think that the way that he plays within, within his role is going to allow the Wildcats to feel comfortable in other areas and will also elevate them if they are to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Make a run this season. I mean, let's not even think about the NCAA tournament. Focus on the games and the non-con slate. We talked about the things that Kentucky needs. They need production out of, out of areas that they're thin, on, thin at defensively. And Coach Cal has talked about how he feels about Reeves defensively. said he played better in the season opener against Howard than he expected. But we know what's going on there. So that's my thought on it. If you agree, if you disagree, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show over on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, hit me in the comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup with the Duquesne Dukes. Make sure you are stay t- you are tuned in. Jeez. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.